go. Okay, so we said when do we start the clock um, in terms of, uh, uh, excuse me, um, we, 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 totally different, I was on, I was in Chazar. Yeah, we're at Avam Rav, Rav Bar Machasian. we're at seven lines from the bottom of Yud Amud Beis. Um, a person should always make a point of dwelling in a city which has been recently settled. That's very, very important to live in a city that's been recently settled. Why? Why is that important? Since the since it's been recently settled. It has very few Averis. It's more, uh, it's in just a better spiritual place. How do we know this? What are we going to use in this example to, as an example to prove this concept? Simple, says the Gemara. Simple. Shenema, hini ir lanus shama vihimitzar. This city, we're explaining what, we're explaining why the city, um, why the city, uh, why it's good to live in a city which was recently settled. We're explaining why it's good to live in a city which is recently settled. And the proof we bring is that when Light is being led out of the city of Sedaim by his uh, angelic escorts, he says to them, hey, you know what, how about we go to this other city? How about we go to, um, to uh, the nearby city of Mitzar, right? So, um, Why don't we go there? It seems nearby. Usher, turn off video. It seems nearby, um, and hopefully that'll work well. So, says the Gemara, says says the Gemara like this: Ilay Makreva the Makarva Vizuta. If all we were saying was the Makarva Vizuta, that the city is nearby, the city of Tzoyan um, is nearby, um, uh, 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 and and. Um, and it's just, it's small, and you don't have to bother with it, which is kind of how we read the Pashtas of the Pasuk, right? That's how we generally translate the simple meaning of the, of the verse. That Light was saying, oh, the Malachim, oh, you don't have to bother destroying this little city, after all. Who really cares about it? You know, um, so if, for example, that's what's going on, says the Gemara, um, says the Gemara, that's, there's no, that doesn't make any sense. There will be no need for Light to tell the Malachim. Keep me posted how things are coming through because I have a, a, a fallback plan. Um, I can use my, use my, I can just dial in with my phone, um, and that will probably solve any issues. Just won't be as good, you know, sound quality or whatever. Um, but anyway, um, so uh, so. Um, the Gemara says, doesn't make sense that Light was merely trying to tell the angels, oh, you should know there's a city right here. Why? It was right there. They were looking down at it. So there's no need to, to get into a whole hesped, a whole story as to what the city looked like and, 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 its, and its nature. Right? Excuse me. The idea is, since it was a recently settled city, when we say Kroiva Lanusham, we don't mean that it's nearby. Light didn't mean to say it was nearby, he meant to say that it's Kroiva, it, it is a recently settled city. And since it's a recently settled city, it has relatively few Averis. Avin Micro, what's the proof? Why does this make sense? Says the Gemara, Shama, 
right? Lloyd says to the Malachim, Imalta na shama, let me, uh, let me please run there. Imalta na. So what's na? What does it mean, na? It says the Gemara, nun aleph. Na usually means please or now. Nun aleph, the gematria, right? Nun vechad, 51. The gematria of, of uh, where's Murad? The gematria of, uh, of na is 51, of the word na. And since the gematria of the word na is 51, right? Vishal uh, Sedaim, nun ubeis, and the, uh, the, uh, the years that it took for Sedaim to get to the point it was at at this point in the Torah's narrative, that was, um, at that point, that was 52 years. So Mitzar was one year younger than Sedaim, right? We know that, um, not Mitzar, what's it called? Um, Tayan was was uh, was uh, one year younger than Sidaim. How do we know Sidaim is around for 52 years? So Rashi explains it's a bit of a complicated mathematical husband. It has to do, I mean, it's not complicated at all, but it's just a little um, kind of obscure. Um, and it has to do with how many years Avram Avinu was alive combined with the account from Seder HaTairis, but we're able to establish uh, that it's been 52 years. How do, now, Vishalvasa, out of those 52 years, Vishalvasa Chavap, there were 26 years of Shalva. Why do we say that there's Shalva in Sudaim? Because there's a Pasuk in Yecheskel. The Pasuk in Yecheskel says, refers to Sudaim. Hine Yizeh haya avayin Sudaim. Achoyseich ge'oin sivas lechen v'shalvas hashkei. There's a period of very of great prosperity and success uh, in Sudaim. What is that period of great... Now, I, I don't think that the Gemara is bringing in the um, Sudaim's period of uh, prosperity and success for any particular purpose beyond... Um, just it's kind of part of the the conversation about how many years Saddam was around. But it is fascinating to learn that Saddam was really only around for twenty six for, for for fifty two years. You know, it was like this uh, new approach to life, this new society, and it puts a lot of what we learn about Saddam into perspective. They were trying to create some kind of utopia, and their utopia was this extremely materialistic, uh, every man for himself thing, and it really didn't work very well. Right. So we say that Saddam explains. That Vishalvasa uh, Chafav, there were 26 years of Shalva, 26 good years in Sedaim. 26 good years in Sedaim. The Chseyev Shteyma Seishan Avdo is Kaloyb. Kedarloyim or Vishlesh Seishan Amaradu. The Gemara explains that for you know the 12 years that they served Kedarloymer, um, that they served Kedarloymer, that couldn't have been good because Kedarloymer apparently wasn't a good guy, so that's not Shalva, they weren't having a good time. And Maradu, 13 years they were rebelling, rebelling, they were at war with Kedar Laimer, so those also were bad years. Um, so finally, in the 14th year, um, in the 14th year, the Torah records, um, the Torah records that they finally have that war of Melch Sadaim that is recorded in, of, of the four and five kings, which is recorded in the Chumash. So that shows us that the other 26 years were the 26 good years, and these were clearly the 26 bad years. Okay, anyway, the point is that um, the other city, Tsoyan, um, is one year uh, younger than, um, than the... Uh, is one year younger than the... than the... Um, uh, than, than the city of Sudan. Okay, very good. Let us move on. Let us move on.
Hold on, I lost you guys. There we go. So far, so good. Baruch, Jonathan. Stan. Hello. Are we okay out there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. All right. Every city whose roofs, whose roofs are higher than the base haknesses, a city who, is, who builds its buildings taller than it builds its shul, right? So, l'soif uh, And what that you know, what that refers to is somebody who has a you know, when, when a society has a lack of a proper attitude toward the importance of the shul, and they think that their beautiful homes are more important than the size of the shul. So. Uh, it's going to be destroyed. A person's attitude has to be to raise up the house of our God and not Okay, so This is only true about houses. When it comes to Kashkushi Vavure, now what are Kashkushi Vavure? Kashkushi Vavure are Biraniyot's uh, Magdalen Rashi says, which is tow- towers and palaces. Sometimes there are some there are some buildings which, by their nature, by their architecture, they're meant to be tall, and they cla- qualify as an exception because they're not trying to be Nisroimim. They're not trying to be built taller than uh, than everyone else, just to uh, just to. Uh, Make the show look bad. The, the nature of their architecture is such that they're supposed to be tall. Okay. Um, Ravashi, I know Abdul Masam I caused Masam which was his home uh, town, to not be destroyed. Why? Because he encouraged people to not make this mistake, to not um, to not build their houses taller than they ought to be built. And that assured Masamachasi's survival. Says the Gemara, that's uh, a nice statement, but as we know, we wouldn't have known this because we weren't around, but Masamachasi was absolutely destroyed. I guess in some military campaign at some point, Masamachasi was raised. Says the Gemara, <laughs> right? What are you talking about? The, the, Masamachasi was, was burnt to the ground. Gemara, at least we can say it wasn't because of that over Okay. If a person has to work for someone, if a person has to be not enslaved, but if he has to, if he has to have a boss, it should be under an Arab before it should be any other under any other non-Jew. Better under a non-Jew than under a chaver. So there's some question what the word chaver means. We're going to go with Rashi's explanation, which that which is that the chav, a chaver is a type of particularly nasty, ultra-religious uh, Persian. I think I saw a theory that, that it was like a Zoroastrian priest or something. Don't recall of hand, but these are not nice guys. Um, they're going to come up again in Barak Bam Madlik. Um, if one has to work for somebody, he should sooner work for one of these Zoroastrian maniacs than under a Tamil Chacham. Working for Tamil Chacham is hard work. I know, I work for early woods. And better to work even for a Tamil Chacham than under a Yasem Almana, an orphan or a widow. Why? Because of the tremendous risk associated. If you make them upset, Right, it's a tremendous einish because it's very easy to hurt their feelings, and the Torah takes their feelings very seriously. 
So that's kind of Chaman Barguria's Amarav's train of hierarchy of ideal situations uh, of employment. Okay. Any illness, as long as it is not intestinal illness. Any pain, as long as it's not heart pain. Every what's a mechush a mechush we'll learn about later in the mezachta a little more. But a mechush is like you know something that makes a person a little bit sick. He doesn't feel so great. So better any mechush over a mechush rosh. Any evil other than uh, a bad wife. Okay. If all the seas were ink, and all the forests, pens, right, uh, like a cipher's uh, the feather that a cipher uses, and the uh, audio gone, that's not good. How about now? Can you hear me now? Okay, now I can hear you. Okay. You know what? Let me because it doesn't make sense that the audio should be going. Let's just move. All right. This should help. Quoting Rav Chaim Bargui was waxing eloquent about the seas being ink and the trees being pens and uh, and the heavens v'shamayim yiriyos and the heavens would be pieces of parchment v'cholbenei adam lavlarn and the whole world would be uh, professional um, scribes or pen sharpeners ein maspikim lichtei v'chalola shel rishus and this is actually a very timely message over here. We would never be able to record the vast amount of information that the government is uh, is responsible for, which I found this to be a very interesting, uh, you know, a very interesting um, soliloquy over here. Um, just the sheer weight of, of bureaucracy is something that is that that uh, Chazal seemed to have found unfathomable. Um, okay. Micro, how do we see a, a source in the Pasuk? Right, this is a Pasuk in, um, in Mishle. The heavens are on high, the earth uh, is deep, and the heart of kings has no uh, it's like unknowable. Okay. The best solution for a bad dream is a tainus. It's like fire to flax. Right, it works like a knife through butter. That's what we would say in English. That's your solution. If you have a bad dream, you should fast. If you want it to be effective, you should do it. You should do it the same day. Doing it the same day is a real, is the ideal way to have such a tainus. Even on Shabbos, you're supposed to fast the tainus chalon, um, which is not our practice today, but uh, definitely was commonplace at one point. Says the Gemara, the Bishua Bereder of Idi Iklo Bey of Ashi. Bishua Bereder of Idi went to visit Rav Ashi. Abdi lay Igla Tulsa. 
So he, uh, they, they made him a real geschmacka barbecue. They made him a very fine calf, right? A third, a calf, a third-born calf, which is supposed to be particularly uh, tasty. Amulei lit to him They said you should please have something to eat. Amulehu betanis yisiv now fast. Amulei vlei savli mail hadar yuda. Amulei yuda leval betanis yaparei. Why don't you do what Yehuda suggests? If Yehuda has a general rule of fast, he says, A person can say, I'm going to fast next week instead of when I was planning to fast. I'm going to fast next week without getting into the Dharam issues. I'm going to fast next week um, instead of fasting today. Why do, so why don't you just push off your fast? We just quoted that you're supposed to, that uh, the most effective treatment for a bad dream is a good fast, and that you're supposed to fast that same day. And Rabbi Yosef says this is even the case on Shabbos. Okay. All right. Back to business. The last line of the Mishnah says, "Meschilu e mafsikin," and then "mafsikin le kriyishma." We say "mafsikin le kriyishma," "ve mafsikin le le tefila." So says the Gemara, "Hatanali reisha e mafsikin." Right? We already said in the reisha e mafsikin. So why are we repeating ourselves? We already said e mafsikin. So what else uh, we said? We know when you're not mafsik for kriyishma. So why are we saying again e mafsikin le kriyishma? Says the Gemara, "Asalon de retire." At this point. We have come not to somebody who's involved in a meal or someone who's involved in a haircut, but right a new topic. Somebody who's involved in divrei tayr. Netanya chaveirim shayu aiskim tayr. Tamid chacham. We learned in the brayse. Tamid chacham. We're learning together. Mafsikin lekriishma vein mafsikin letfila. They interrupt for kriishma and they do not interrupt for tefila. Amr of Yechanan. Right? They're not supposed to. Kriishma is a deraisa. So for a deraisa of kriishma they should interrupt, but for tefila they should not be. Masif. Now it seems from Taisvis that what the Gemara means over here, it's a big discussion, but it seems from Taisvis the Gemara means actually is that they would continue learning and they would not daven. That's what it seems like. Right? In other words, uh, even though the Zman was passing, they wouldn't interrupt their learning. And this is, of course, not relevant to you and me. This is only relevant to people who are Tayrasim Umnasim. All they know how to do is learn. That means that Rashi explains they don't take a break. For any other umnus, they don't. There's nothing else they do that they stop learning for. Um, you know, uh, we uh, we Westerners we don't really know from such a concept. You could argue maybe uh, the most elite, the biggest masmidim in the world's been a kailo. Maybe maybe even that is a is a hard case to make. Um, but anyway, we of course always interrupt for Krishna and for Tfil. Okay, says the Gemara. Tanya, did we not learn a price? Um, I'm sorry, it says, Don't we find that that just as we don't interrupt for tefillah, we don't interrupt for Krishna either. So it seems to be a contradiction. You're not supposed to even interrupt your learning for Krishna. That's not just any learning. That's a very specific type of learning. That's when they're dealing with the Ibrishana of, uh, of, of the leap year. The leap year, that's a very, very complex topic. That's a whole different ballgame. We don't interrupt for the leap year, but we... We, for, excuse me, for the leap year, we don't, maybe we don't interrupt for Krishna, but for anything else, um, it's not so, uh, it's, it's, the, 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 the lines are a little tighter.
the old men of Hagunya, as well as other people, uh, say in the name of when we were dealing with Ibrahashan and we were dealing with make with setting up the order of the calendar, so we did not interrupt for anything, even for um, even for Krishna. Okay. No Mishnah. Says the Mishnah. This is a very, very interesting mission. Back to Shabbos. We were talking, we had a little break. Talked about non-Shabbos subjects. Now we're back to Shabbos. The tailor should not go out with his needle. We'll see exactly how he's carrying his needle soon. Close to dark. Because it's almost nighttime. And what's going to happen is the sun's going to set and he's still going to be prancing around with his needle. And he's going to end up carrying his needle. And not and don't picture like a little tiny needle like we have because that maybe wouldn't be a shear, right? That might not be a shear. Um, although it'll still be aser, chazi shear still aser. But um, um, it would it what might not be a shear in terms of kigregers. Uh, but uh, you know this is a large needle. This is a, like a big imagine like a knit, a knitting needle. Shem yishkach v'yetsay. And the, uh, the, the cipher, the writer should not, the, the scribe should not go out with his kulmus, with his pen. And a person should not delouse his clothing. We're going to learn about the, the details of all these isurim, why they exist. Um, and a person should not read by candlelight. Right? Why shouldn't a person read by candlelight? Famously, because you might come to tilt the candle. You might come to adjust the candle in such a fashion to uh, put greater oil onto the light. And that, of course, would be a malach. That's the Gemara. Um, Amru, in fact, it says the Mishnah. In fact, they have said, So who's the Chazan? The Chazan, Rashi says, Tupshatim. Either it means the person who's supposed to take care of laning tomorrow, whether he's the Gabai or the actual, what we would call Balkaire. I don't think they really had Balakriya, but it's something more like a Gabai. So he's responsible for making sure everyone reads from the right place in the Sefer Tyra. Or another Pshat Rashi says he's the Rebbe. The Chazan means the Rebbe who's trying to teach the children. So he needs to know where everyone is up to. Okay, can you hear me? I am getting reports of an audio fade. Yes, you're back again. Okay, so we were just saying, Be'emes Amru. Ha'chazan roya heichen tinoikus kairin. The Chazan sees where the kids are holding, right? How's the chazan, how's this Gabai fellow supposed to know? Let's say he, let's say Yaakov Tuckman's not there that Shabbos. And they don't, well, this this guy is the Yaakov Tuckman, but he, he uh, let's say Baruch and Yaakov Tuckman and everyone responsible, Stan, is not there, right? And the sign doesn't say what Parsha is. So what are we supposed to do? We don't know what the Parsha is. The, the solution is simple. You look to, and check what the little kids are learning. Gone again. Hmm. Okay, it is time to move to... Okay, well, you're back again now. What we're going to do, what I'm going to do right now is... Give me a second here. Um... Okay, I'm not really sure. 
what the move here is. Okay, let's try this. Hopefully things will work out. Can you all hear me? Baruch, we good? Gentlemen. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Oh, I see what's wrong. I can hear you. Okay, very good, very good, very good. All right, sorry about that. Let us continue. Okay, so we were saying, Be'emes Amru, that the Chazan's trick, the, the, the Gabai's trick, if he doesn't know what Parsha is, he can just look over the shoulders of the young children who are laning, who are preparing the weekly Parsha. That's how they did it back in the day. The kids would learn the Parsha every week from the beginning to the end, and that way he'll be able to know on Friday night, what tomorrow's parsha is, even though he himself is not allowed to use a candle to peer into a safer, but he can use the light that the children are reading by to establish what we're going to be learning next uh, tomorrow morning. Avahula Yikr, he himself should not read. Okay. Similarly, the Zav should not eat with the Zava. Rashi says, Kol anyone else. Kol a regular person. Nobody should eat with the Zava. Why? Because they might come to Hergel Avera, they're going to get comfortable, and the Mars going to explain how, what that really means um, in terms of practicality, but it is a reference to what we call Harchakais. It's a reference to what we call right, the way that a husband and wife have to act with each other um, in a state of Nida. Okay. Or, I mean, this is really a Zava specific thing, but it's quite similar to what we find, by the way, a husband might, by Harchakas. Oh, well, I'm sorry? Hello? Sounds like social Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay. Says the Gemara. Now we got to put the pedal to the metal if we want to make. Uh, a person should not stand in Rishus Hayachid and stick his extended head and neck out to drink, to receive some water that's being poured out in Rishus Harabim. And vice versa, Rishus Harabim, he should not stand in Rishus Harabim and drink out of Rishus Hayachid. If he puts his whole upper body, right, most his head and most of his body out into the, the, the drink area, that's okay. Right? Mutter. That's permissible. What are we concerned? We're concerned that the person is going to end up uh, kind of pulling himself out. Um, but he's going to extend his head. He's going to end up deciding to pull his drink back with him into the Rishus where he is. And he is then going to be over on Haitzah. Whether he's in Rishus or Rishus he's going to be transferring the drink to the Rishus where he is. And he's over on Haitzah. So we say that as long as Rishus Rubai, as long as most of his body is in the Rishus that he's extending himself into, that's okay. Because that way we can at least, um, that way we can um, we can kind of hope that uh, we can uh, that way we can we we're not so concerned that he's going to um, drag himself back in. It says the Gemara, right? V'chein begat, v'chein begat. The halacha is the same in reference to a gat to a wine press, which will explain exactly what that's supposed to mean. who Carmelis mice. The Gemara is wondering, what's the halacha of a Carmelis? Right, what if it's not truly a Shusrab, not truly a Shusayachit? Am I allowed to stick my head out and drink out of a Carmelis without stick, extending my, my most of my body out? So the Gemara, I'm Rabbi, hee hee, same halacha. You're just as equally forbidden to do this in a Carmelis. 
Rav Amar he Remember, a Carmelis is only a Rishus Midir Abanan. It doesn't exist Midir Raisa. It doesn't have individual significance Midir Raisa. Says the Gemara. Says Rava, it itself is only a derabanan. The existence of a caramelus itself is is only a derabanan. So, uh, so given that the existence of a caramelus uh, is derabanan in the first place, it hardly makes sense to um, add another gzera that's saying we don't permit you midrabanan to extend your head your head out into that rishos, lest you come on to uh, you end up. Uh, being mighty out of the rishos, you end up carrying out of the rishos by accident. Uh, that's not how we do things. We usually don't double up gezeras. We don't have gezera lagzera. I'm rabbi. So Abayas is defends himself. Abayas says, "I have a source for what I'm saying." We know Aminola. What's my source? The katani v'chein begat. We say quite clearly. We just quoted it v'chein begat that this is the halach in a wine press as well. My God. So what does it mean to invoke a wine press? Irishos hayachid. If it's a wine press, which is irishos hayachid, tanina. Right? We've already said that it's forbidden to behave this way. We've already, and if it's a wine press, which is a Rishos Harab, is a public uh, domain. So even that, Tanina, we already said. It must be that we're talking about a Gat, which is a Carmelis, a wine press, which is a Carmelis. And nonetheless, the Chiddush that we're saying is that it's still prohibited. So you're saying, he's saying, you're right, Rav, it's a good question you're asking, that it's a Gzeira Gzeira. It's a Gzeira on top of a Gzeira. Rabbinic enactment on top of rabbinic enactment, but nonetheless, what are you gonna do? Uh, it says this mafurish in the Bryce. So Rava Omar Bachim Begat La Inyan Maiser. Rava says, No, no, you're reading it wrong. That reference to Gat to wine press is a reference to Maiser. Bachin number of Sheshis, Vachin Begat La Inyan Maiser. Sheshis confirms that Vachin Begat is a reference to Maiser. What do we mean, Maiser? So we know that when it comes to Maiser, when you you know when you take something home from the field, from the harvest, whatever it is. Um, once you once you kind of bring it out of the zone where you're working with it, so that the, you know at different stages that's koveya that establishes it as a, as produce which needs to have meiser taken from it. However, if a person is literally sitting in the wine press and he sticks his finger into the grape juice, into the freshly pressed grapes, and, and licks it off, he takes a cup and takes a sip. That's not uh, that's called aray. That's called uh, casual eating and drinking. That's permitted to do even before meiser is taken. Says the Gemara, a person is allowed to sit in the gat, he's allowed to sit in the wine press and, and sip. He's allowed to sip the grape juice. Fade it again. We were just explaining that. We were just explaining that um, that the, the, the Isser of the, the, the relevance of gat, um, of, uh, of the grape juice, of, 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 excuse me, of the, uh, of the wine press in this context is that. Uh, we usually need a certain kvias for meiser. Uh, we need a certain level of establishment uh, for meiser. And when a person is sipping grape juice in the gat, freshly, pre- freshly pressed grape juice in the actual wine press, usually he doesn't have to take meiser from it. What if he sticks his head out into Rishasarabim? So the question is, um, or what if he sticks his head out, he's standing in Rishasarabim and he sticks his head into the gat? And takes a sip. So we say we don't want him to do that because we're afraid, very similar to Esther Shabbos, we're afraid he's going to take his drink and move it out. By taking his drink and moving it out, um, uh, he's going to create a situation where it already has to have mitzvah taken from it and he's acting as if it doesn't, which is very bad. Um, so it's a very similar type of Isser, but it doesn't make any point about whether about Shabbos, whether or not a Carmelis is acceptable. Okay. Um, the Tanan, what's this assessment based on? It's based on a Mishnah, a person's allowed to drink 
at the gat, whether he has added hot water or cold water, right? Because even the, the, what, what, what does hot water have to do with Apparently, once you mix hot water into wine, it cannot be returned to like the big pool, the vat, where all the other wine is. That's just the rule. So you might say, once I've added hot water, it's already enough of a change that I that I have to consider it as if I have a finished product, and I have to uh, and I have to take out and I have to um, already take meiser, and I'm not not allowed to sip it anymore. Says the Gemara. Says the Mishnah. No, that's not the case. Right, disagrees with the whole thing. He says you're not allowed to do this. That the hot water thing is an issue. Once you've added hot water, it's too late. It's already considered something. I think Meizerim, but if it's still tzayin, if it's still cold, if you added cold water, then it's okay. Why if they Because you're gonna to toss the whatever you don't drink, you're gonna to toss right back in. So we look at it at, as like a casual type of drinking, and you don't have to take Meizer yet. Okay. Tenan. A tailor should not go out with his needle before dark. We're afraid he's going to forget and be moitzi. We're afraid he's going to forget and end up carrying. My love, what is the status of this needle? The, the, the case, the situation must be where the, the needle is uh, inserted through um, through his clothing. Now, what's the relevance? Why are we bringing this into this discussion? It seems like this should be a new discussion. So Rashi explains, we're trying to prove from here that when a person has, is carrying something in this fashion, like when he has a needle driven through his clothing, and that's how he's carrying the needle, says the Gemara, you know, that's really kind of, uh, the, that's not the normal way of carrying things. That's, that's called Shaloi Kedere Chaitzah. It's not the normal way of carrying things, which means that it's only us or midir abanan. Midir a person doesn't have to worry about carrying shalakidara chaitza. Right? Midir we only worry about carrying in the normal way of carrying. When someone carries by pushing something through their clothes and walking outside, that's a weird way of carrying. It's only us or And yet we see that our Mishnah prohibits this. As a person shouldn't do that Arab Shabbos right before Shkia because he might end up doing it after Shkia. So clearly, we see that you can make Zer Lixer. So we're trying to prove the opinion of Abaya, that he he that it's also to to uh, extend your head and and take and uh, when into a caramelist and take a drink, or out of a caramelist and take a drink, because the same idea. This it, it's not crazy to make a gzera on top of a gzera, a rabbinic enactment on top of a rabbinic enactment. Says the Gemara, no, loy, kitanya he b'shabbos. No, you're making a mistake. Our Mishnah, when it talks about that, is talking about Shabbos. It's talking about Shabbos. We're not talking about going around Erev Shabbos. We're talking about a person who's uh, who's going around with a needle driven through his baguette on Shabbos. Okay? Alright. So says the Gemara. Right. Because we're afraid you're going to be Moitzi Biodaim. We're afraid you're going to come to be Eberis Says the Gemara, okay, that's very nice, but we have a brisa that's even more clear. We have a brisa which is very, very beferish that says that a, 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 a tailor shouldn't go out with his needle, which is driven through his clothing on Arab Shabbos close to dark. Says the Gemara, uh, 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 excuse me, I jumped down a line. Um, no, 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 I'm sorry, back it up. We, we, first we ask him It must be the case that he drove it through his clothing I'm sorry, I got a little off track over here 
loy dinokit lebiade. I went back a few lines. No, he's holding his needle, the Gemara says. It means he's holding. Tashma, then we bring a Braiso, which says it much more clearly. It's a chaype machadet, a tailor shouldn't go out with his needle, which is driven through his clothing. My love, the Erev Shabbos. The case must be that it's driven through his clothing and it's Erev Shabbos, and we see that you make Gzeira Lgzeira, that you make Gzeira on top of Gzeira. says, Gemara loy kitanyahi b'Shabbos. Right? The case actually is that it's Shabbos. Don't we have a bracelet? We have yet another bracelet, which is very, very clear. It says that a needle, a, a tailor shouldn't go out with his needle, which is driven through his baguette, through his clothing, on Erev Shabbos, close to dark. So now you can't argue anymore. Now you see clearly we make a gzera, right? It's not Shabbos yet. It's almost Shabbos, but you're still not allowed to do this thing, which is only a dera abundance. So we see you make a gzera on top of a gzera. says, the Gemara, Hamani Rabbi Yehudi, the Amar Umendera from Nasei Chayef. Nope, it's not a gzera on top of a gzera. It's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds that Umendera from Nasei Chayef, a person who's carrying in the way that it's normal for people who do his type of work to carry this thing, that's called dera chaytza. That's called the normal way of carrying things. That's the normal way of carrying things. Since it's the normal way of carrying things, um, it is going to be chayev mida oiraisa, and therefore it's only one gezeira. It's erev Shabbos, and we say don't go out like that because if you go out like that with the needle through your clothing on Shabbos, as a tailor who always carries a needle in that fashion, you are going to be chayev. Rashi says the reason they would carry their stuff like this is like as a form of advertising to demonstrate what it, what it was they did. The Tanya, we have a brisa to this effect. <laughs> A needle worker, a tailor shouldn't go out with his needle driven through his clothing. And not a, um, a carpenter who you, apparently carpenters would carry like a sharpened uh, splinter or, or twig uh, over their ears. And a sirk is a, um, is a carder, someone who cards wool. Um, he should not... Meshicha uh, is, like, is, is a sort of thread they would use to tie the apparatus that they used for their job. Um... So all these things would be indicative to people that they did what they did. It would be a way of, you know, saying, you know, it's like having a t-shirt that says, you know, fix it, man. Veloy gardi be'irashib oznai and a, uh, what do you call it, a, a weaver with the ira, which is a kind of a glob of wool, which he would use, again, for part of the apparatus, part of the uh, the weaving of the loom. Veloy tseva bedugma shavitzavare, shavitzavaya. Um, a dyer would have like a hunk of wool which is dyed which other, whichever color he was good at dyeing um, and the money changer would carry a coin now if you're a yoyte if you go out in all these ways it's patravos right that means it's only this is their abana there's no chatos because why because that's not a normal way to carry things you carry things in your hands that's the mayor's opinion if I'm a craftsman and I'm carrying it the way that craftsmen generally do to advertise my trade, then I am chayiv. But regular people are pater. Okay, let's read down a few more lines. Let's say a zav. Uh, uh, we talked a lot about zavim, so now it's a bit of a in Nidus, now it's a throwback. Say a zav, a man who has been emitting, emitting ziva. Um, so he has a kiss. He has like a, a a pouch he would wear over his um, over his private parts in order to ascertain whether or not he was having f- further ziva, further flows of ziva. So he shouldn't go out like that on Shabbos. 
Right, we have one bride that says he shouldn't go out with that like that on Shabbos, and if he does, patur aval aser. Right, in other words, only aser derabbanan. He's not going to be chayiv chatos. The tanya either chol yitziv v'miyotzah chayiv chatos. Another bride says you can't go out like that, and if you do, you're chayiv chatos. So what do we? How do we resolve that contradiction? Number base lekashem har meir har the easy audio lost. Um, I was just explaining that. Do you hear me now, Jonathan? You hear me now? Perfect. Okay, we're almost done here. Hang in there, guys. Hang in there. A minute and a half left. Um, so uh, we we're just saying that uh, Rabbi Yosef has an easy solution for the question of the Zov's uh, pouch that he wears. To, right, the Gemara quoted that the Zov had a certain type of pouch he would wear around his genitals to ascertain whether or not he was seeing more emissions of Zov. Um, and uh, and uh, and. Um, and in one version we say that it's Asa de Rabbanan, and in one version we say it's Asa de Raisa. So the Gemara explains, Rabbi Yosef explains, it must be Rameyer and Rabbi Huda, because that's a very abnormal way of carrying a pouch, uh, as underwear, basically. It's a very abnormal way of carrying a pouch. And um, and it must be that Rabbi Huda holds that it's that that, that counts with the Raisa, and Rameyer holds it doesn't, just like he does uh, for a... Right, just, just as he says that a tailor with a needle driven through his garment, even though it's not a normal way of carrying, but since he's a tailor and he's trying to advertise that he's a tailor, therefore it's normal for him, so it's usher there, right? So, so too is of with his patch. I understand, right? It makes sense. Or mayor, it makes sense to blame this on a mayor and something which is love. Right? Even Rameyer would agree that this is the only way for a Zav to carry his pouch. The, you know, a tailor, he can either hold his needle in his hand or he can hold his needle in his garment. Um, but uh, there's only one way for a Zav to carry his pouch, and that is in this fashion. You can't be saying that the only way to ever be over in Easter Shabbos, to ever violate Shabbos, is if you're a professional, engaged in your, uh, in your professional activities. Right? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense to say, uh, to say such a thing. That doesn't make sense. Right? What's a head yitchachaka? Kav, somebody, a head yit. Oh man, lost again. You know what? Let's, this is kind of a tough little piece of Gemara. So let's pick up from here, Bez Hashem, tomorrow. Um, I think we'll wrap it up because people people anyway having trouble with the audio, okay?